you know, we always err to the side of hiring for culture and training for skill yep. because it's really hard to go the other way. If you hire for skill, you can't train culture a lot of times. Yeah, it's just Especially like, remote. You just can't. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ecom Growth Show. Let's go. Today, we're talking about something very near and dear to our hearts. It's something that we've been learning a lot about as we've been scaling rapidly, and that is building a remote team. Yep, team building in general. A lot of our, you know, a lot of our clients, a lot of our audience, um, they're scaling their business and they're scaling it in a climate of a pandemic. Yeah. And so you got to be able to provide some remote abilities and uh, there's just a lot of nuances with that. And so we kind of want to unpack our process of, you know, how we even go to start thinking about hiring, um, how to bring people on with the proper expectations and how to really set your team to your team up for success, how to empower yeah. them uh, to do good work and, uh, you know, live fulfilling lives because it's also hard to work remotely, especially if you, don't get a ton of human interaction outside of your workday. Yeah. Something I've noticed that has been super helpful for us before we unpack the job descriptions and all that is getting our core values dialed in. Can I ask you one question before we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering why you didn't tell me I was supposed to wear a blazer today. I don't know. I So I got a new stitch fix in and they sent me some classy stuff. <laughs> I was like, I just got to wear it today. And it might look a little funny with me sitting next to Rob in his, uh, I just his didn't Nike know, sweater. I just didn't know if you were trying to make me look bad or. It was like, a sl- subtle flex, yes. Okay. That's but, all it was. But a power move or just a flex? Uh, no, just a flex. Okay. And a power move. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to what I was saying on core values. Now, these aren't like as important when it's a very small team because the owners, the founders are living by them and they just kind of uh, go to the people they're interacting with. Yeah. Uh, And you kind of know in your head what's important to you, how you want people to act and behave. uh, And you're letting them know of that. Uh, At least that's what we did early on. Yeah. We never had it dialed in and on paper and like scalable per se, but we at least knew in our head what we wanted to see and, and how, and the types of people we wanted to hire and interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. And it just happens naturally through like, almost like osmosis. We, we live out what we believe to be true and important to us. Yeah. And, uh, when you're, when you're in tight relationships with people in a work environment, it just happens naturally. And and that works, you know, if you have a team of five, six, seven people, something like that, and you're all closely communicating every single day. But now, you know, we're we're approaching this 35, 40, you know, a fair amount of employees and a huge percentage of them, you know, all but just a couple of people are are remote. And so it doesn't happen (laughs) just through osmosis. It It doesn't. It just and doesn't. you and I are interacting with the individuals every day. You know, we have the core team we work with, mm-hmm. uh, who we empower to then almost translate it to their team. But it still has to be documented, written mm-hmm. down of what is important to you. How do you want your people uh, to interact with your customers, with your business, with your employees? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, I heard a quote that says, a culture should be measured by the culture it creates. And culture comes from from values. Um, And so you doing, it it can feel funny, like it doesn't feel like an important task if you are a growing company and you're having growing pains and you have fires to put out every single day. It's hard to prioritize, hey, I'm going to sit down and write my five core values. It just feels doesn't feel like it's going to make you money. It doesn't feel like it's going to do much, but it's so, so important. And especially as you grow, if you don't have those in place, what you're going to find is that people are just hire the wrong people. Yeah. And and people are just going to act willy nilly however they want to. Oh, willy nilly up in here. So it's good to have a standard and that's really what's going to set your company up for success and set your team up for success is to have a golden standard, having those core values in place. And from there, you know, being able to recruit people, hire people, it becomes a lot easier. It drives everything. So number one, core values. Number two, Rob, let's just go into the nitty gritty of our JDs and what that looks like. Yeah. So I like to think about job descriptions as being um, a tool to almost weed out the weak people. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, just kidding. I like to, I like to, I like to um, be able to under promise and over deliver. And what I mean by that is there's animosity between an employee and an, and an employer when they feel like they're being asked to do things outside of the scope of what they thought they were hired to do. Yeah. And especially when it comes to those mundane tasks that are just plain out shitty. Yeah. But if you list those out in the job description and that's something that they apply for and that's something they seek you out for, then there's not going to be any animosity there because you've already said, hey, this job is actually pretty hard. Yeah, There are going to be some times you have to pick up your phone on the weekends. There are going to be some times that you're going to have somebody um, you know, frustrated or have a misunderstanding. You're going to have some hard conversations with clients. There are going to be times um, you have to rebuild an account because it, it tanked or got shut down. And we're basically trying to pull out elements of a worst case scenario and we're putting it on paper so that when somebody comes to us asking for a job, they can say, I'm game for that. And then when we have to ask them the things that we actually don't like to ask them to do, the hard things, they can say, yep, I'm prepared. I signed up for this. This is why I'm here. And the idea is that you, you almost, (laughs) it sounds, it sounds a little dark, but you almost paint a worse picture of the job than what it actually is so that they come aboard and they're, they're pleasantly surprised. And yeah. it's funny. I, anytime we, we go through, um, we learn something in business. I always have a parallel to my previous life in commercial fishing or construction. Mm-hmm. And I think about all the horrible tasks you have to do as a deckhand on a boat because <laughs> you're living out there and, um, with four guys on a small boat and, and, and no wives and no mothers. So you're, yeah. you're literally keeping a house and you're trying to, you know, you're, you live on the boat, so you're cooking, you're cleaning. And it's like, as a captain, at some point you got to go and ask your deckhands, Hey, someone needs to clean the toilet. Someone needs to scrub the blood out of the fish hold. And, and if they're like, Whoa, 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 I signed up to be a fisherman. I'm not here to do dishes. I'm not here to cook a meal. It's like, well, I'm sorry. That's that's part of the job. <laughs> part of the job. That's what you signed up for. And so, if you could like get ahead of that and say, yeah, this is what the job's all about. 
your mom isn't out on the boat. You know, we need to collaborate and we need to survive for several months at a time out at sea. And it's just us. So, you know, the more you can get ahead of that, um, the better. And we do it in the form of like, we, we put it in our job postings. If we're putting that on workable or indeed or something like that, we put it in our job descriptions, our job postings. And the idea is that we try to get ahead of all of the things that somebody might, um, complain about that might make somebody uncomfortable that might create animosity between an employee and an employer. And then if they sign up for it, um, it's very straightforward from there. We basically have, normally it's like three interviews and so three round well two on that i was going to say the core values and vision really come helpful even for the job description and posting because you want to first have a cover letter that sells people on your company on your business what's important to you Mm -hmm. and then from there they can click the actual job description and see okay this is actually gonna be tough uh but then from there we go into a three round interview process which i can go into a little bit uh first Sorry, sorry. Real quick. On core values, I I just want to caution people. Don't do what you think. This isn't your time to market yourself. This isn't this isn't you trying to say what you think other people are going to want to hear. That's not what core values are about. And the exercise we did when we actually developed these is we sat down and we we said, um, if we had to run this company with three people only who would those three people be? And so me and Daniel both did this exercise separately. And we're like, okay, it would be X, Y, and Z. And then we said, what are all of our favorite things about each of those people? Yeah. And we just started listing them out, like tons and tons of different things. Then from there, we put them all on a board. We started throwing them into categories and we just started to distill that down, to boil it down. And what came out of that was like the five or six most important things about us that we wanted to see um, every employee exemplify in their work, in the way they they behaved um, on the job, the way they take care of themselves outside of work. All of that kind of came through that process. And it was just a really cool thing because that's so much different than um, just trying to say like, hey, we're all about uh, putting the customer first. Yeah. Which if that's a core value of yours, that's that's totally good but we want to make sure you know for us i mean i hate to say it but we we put our a lot of times we put our employee first because we want to make sure that they're full they're ready to go they're empowered to be the best person that they are because that's the in our opinion that's the only way the client is going to get a good experience yeah. is if they're working with somebody who's who loves their life who loves their job who's empowered you, you know, to be able to learn, make mistakes and always be getting better. And so it really, it's not about a marketing thing. It truly is. Um, it's about culture. It's about culture. As you can tell, we keep circling back to it because it's so important because ultimately it attracts the right people that you want and repels the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And it's just this beautiful process. So once we have them in the door though, set up a first round interview. Now this interview is just purely for screening, Uh, get on the call, feel out the vibe, ask them a few questions, but then get into culture even a little bit on this interview to see Mm -hmm. what's important to them, what stuck out to them about your company. Was there any core values that really stuck out to them that um, they also live by in their personal lives? 
stuff like that. And a little touch on experience a little bit, but this is more just screening of, do I want to invite this person to a second call to really dive into all their experience? I know they're a good culture fit at this point. I enjoyed talking to them. Uh, they seem like they'd be great, but now let's schedule round two where we can go into more details. And now round two is actually where we bring someone in from our management position that will be directly overseeing that person once they come in Mm -hmm. and they're going into all the technical aspects. And it's important to bring that person in if they're reporting to a specific manager, it's important to bring that person into the process and have them give their approval because then they have buy-in. If this is a person that I'm going to take under my wing, if this is somebody who's going to be working on my teams and I'm going to be coaching, like I'm going to be involved in the process to say whether or not they, they make the cut. And then, yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, you get, you get buy-in from the team leader and um, they just start drilling in on technical skills. And even with technical skills, like with what we do, it's a very technical job. So we look, we, we do require a significant amount of experience, but if there are gaps in, the way they do things or certain things that we feel we can teach them. You know, we always err to the side of hiring for culture and training for skill because it's really hard to go the other way. If you hire for skill, you can't train culture a lot of times. Yeah. It's just especially remote. You just can't, you can't, you just can't do it. So anyways, then the manager says, yeah, I like this person. Let's get them on the third round. Now, third round is where Robbie and I are still directly involved because culture is so important to us. We want the final say of yes or no to Mm -hmm. that employee. However, we'll hand that off someday too once we have that uh, standardized more. But we're then hopping on, say, okay, these are top three candidates for this position. We go in, we kind of ask a lot of the same questions, but then for me, it still comes down to a feeling. Do I feel like this person's going to be a good long-term fit? And we'll then say, yes, let's hire this person. Yeah. And it's always about trying to solve the future and not, you know, in a growing company in a scaling company, there's always going to be short term needs. And it's actually pretty, it's pretty easy to find, to be able to plug somebody in or something in to solve a short term need. Yeah. But if you're just doing that, it's really going to shoot you in the foot, you know, 12 months down the road, if you have the wrong person on board. Yeah, totally. And so you always want to be solving the future, not just the short term need. And sometimes it requires um, extending yourself and extending what's comfortable to make sure you are solving the future, yeah. you know, and, and, and being patient with that process. Let's transition from that process to our thoughts on being generous with our team and employees and how I think that helps retention uh, how, mm-hmm. them, helps them work harder, has more buy-in and everything. So kind of, I don't know if this is true or not, but something we're shooting for is we want to be paying at least 10 to 15% higher mm-hmm. than anyone else in the industry. We've got a lot of great feedback of people that we are hiring say, wow, this job pays a lot more for the same duties, which is what attracted them to us in the first place from there. Then they they looked at our core values and stuff, but Mm -hmm. there's something about paying people well, uh, that actually benefits your company long-term creates more buy-in. And I believe in generosity and it's just a good thing that you reap what you sow. We're generous with our employees. Uh, our clients are going to be generous with Mm us, uh, type of mentality. So that's been something huge for us. Um, Mm -hmm. that's really, uh, helped us scale our team. Yeah. And it's really easy to, I think to, 
look at our willingness to hire a remote team, um, it's really easy to paint this picture that we're like great guys for doing that. But the truth is we benefit just as much as the people who are working remotely um, in the way that we have a large hiring pool. And so it's, it's a two way street, you know, and being able to build a, a remote team, like if we had to build our team just here in Homer with, you know, a town of five, 6,000 people, it'd be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. We'd be doing a lot of trading. Yep. And, totally. uh, and you know, a lot of people, they say that like, this is so awesome. This gives me the opportunity to live where I want, you know, kind of hold some pretty flexible hours. And, you know, one of our core values is being your own boss. So there's a lot of flexibility and we're, we hold people a lot more accountable to the result and task completion than we do to like punching in nine to five, something like that. And so there's flexibility. Um, but with that, if you have a remote team, um, you really need to be solid on your standard operating procedures yeah. and your systems for accountability. Yeah. And so that's why like we have a fully dedicated, uh, we call it our special ops department and it's basically just quality control. Yeah. It's spot checking, it's coaching, it's onboarding new employees, it's culture and indoctrin- indoctrination. Yeah. It's special ops baby. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that so cocky, but, um, you know, for a purely remote team, it's really important to have something like that in place because you can't just like keep an eye over everybody um, in the middle of your office if everybody's spread out across the country. Yeah, I was thinking too, we've had part of the challenge of remote workers is trying to do things that are fun and keep everyone connected where it's not just always work meetings. Yeah. So one fun thing we've just recently implemented is bonusly. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. It gets, it's just an app that you can sign up for. And basically people can assign other people bonusly points for doing something awesome. Uh, but it's just a fun way to kind of celebrate the success of the team and, uh, you know, get recognition, recognition, uh, mm-hmm. from other people. So that's one fun hack. Uh, another one is kind of on our Wednesday team meetings. We try to, let other people talk and have the floor for a while. Mm-hmm. And then all, all, uh, it's kind of a, a conversation starter, but then we all, uh, discuss our thoughts on it, but we try to keep it pretty lighthearted and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, let everyone talk just so we're not strictly business every meeting of what needs to get done, but letting other people talk and just, uh, having a fun environment for, for that conversation. And the challenge is, is that all of this stuff is going to feel counterproductive to somebody who's panicking and anxious about trying to hit their goals. Yeah. Like somebody who's desperately just striving for their goals and, and trying to make something happen and scale their team and just go on hardcore is not going to take the time to dedicate an entire meeting just towards connecting with the team. They're not yeah. going to roll out uh, reward programs just for fun just to keep people happy and, and feeling alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, totally. but what we found is that when you do do those things and you do do them effectively, that's what creates the momentum in your team for everybody to want to go the extra mile for everybody to want to push uh, for the vision and the big goals that we've set in place yeah. for our team and our company. Yeah. You can't scale your business without uh, your employees, without your team. So that's why you want to put a lot of emphasis there and really get it right and think long-term of, okay, what do I want 
this company to look and feel like when I have 50 employees, when I have 100 employees? What does that look like? Start mapping that out because it's just so important because that's those are the people that are going to get you uh, to where you want to go. Yep. And even us in the e-commerce industry, which is all about innovation, it's all about new technology, it's all about leaning into technology for new efficiencies. You know, I think in that industry, there's a lot of fear that robots or systems or whatever is going to replace people one day. I don't believe that to be true. And what we've experienced is that without people, your business doesn't exist. Yeah. And so it's all about people. And so you need to be able to take care of your people just as well as you take care of your um, standard operating procedures, your marketing and your sales. Like it's just as important, if not more important than every other function of a business. It sure is. I don't really have any other thoughts on it. Yeah. Know? I just want to share one last thing that okay. I, that I enjoy about, about our team. Yeah. So we're all on Slack quite a bit. And then the general channel, um, gentleman by the name of Michael personally has been doing these uh, video dedications to people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he'll take like a, like a football speech from a famous movie and he'll say, Hey, I dedicate this to, to Nathan this week. And it's just, it's just a fun, funny way to be able to connect and interact. And we got Paul who's up there, uh, up there in the UK somewhere. And he's like, pulling out these videos of Mackie G and these hard, hard hitting like rave music videos oh. and just dedicating videos to each other. That's a, a fun thing to do. Dude, I'd love to go team. raving with Paul. <laughs> Side note. It'll happen. It'll happen. One day. So anyways, just lots of fun ways to stay connected for people to, um, yeah, just, just, just to be able to be friends. And, and yep. again, I, I do want to state one of our core values is that, um, you know, together we, we share a, a tribe state of mind. You know, we chase a common goal. We do things together. We're open to change. And we're always trying to work together towards serving our clients and hitting our goals. That does not mean that we're always just trying to get along. No. It means that we're collaborative in that, you know, we actually press into each other and sometimes directly oppose each other in a very heated manner. And we were kind of given examples of people who exemplify each core value really well. And I, I kind of hurt his feelings or something when I mentioned his name, but I, I said, you know, Patrick is actually does really good with you, this. You're like, I hurt his feelings when I mentioned his name the first time. So I'm going to mention it again. <laughs> well, the re I said, I was like, this person is actually the person I've been pissed off at the most, who I've fought with the most and gotten into so many arguments, but it, they've all been fueled by this energy of us going out and crushing a goal. And we just had different ways of like how we were going to get there. And so it turned into a heated argument. And to me, that still exemplifies what we're trying to do when we say we have a tribe state of mind. Yeah. It's not about just getting along. It's not about um, just the most powerful and the, powerful person in the room making all the decisions it's actually about collaborating and uh really leaning into the idea that the company is greater than the sum of its parts yeah we can achieve a lot i say that all the time i said it last podcast too but I'll say it every podcast <laughs> <laughs> we can do so much more and create such better results for our clients when we work together through specialization than if each of us were to go out and individually try and make an impact yeah 
And that's the beautiful thing about companies. So anyways, I hope it's helpful just to hear a little bit about how we um, go about, you know, hiring and empowering a remote team. And, you know, we've kind of said one of our greatest responsibilities is to hire and fire and manage and reward people based on our core values. Because at the end of the day, it's all about people and it's all about culture. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Remember, like us, subscribe to us, do all the good things, and we will see you next time.